there, I'm Sarah, your natural endometriosis expert. Welcome to my podcast. This is the place to be for information, advice and tips on managing your endometriosis naturally. I've been managing my own endo now successfully for about 20 years and I've been running my own therapy business since 2008, helping others to do the same. If you're curious to cut through all the noise and rubbish that's out there and learn the key to managing endometriosis with minimal reliance on drugs and surgery, then this is the only podcast you'll need. Let's get started. Hello there. So today we are going to talk about exactly what is endometriosis. Um, The main thing to say, first of all, is endometriosis manifests very, very differently from person to person. So the first thing to say here is not to get worried or concerned or dismissive if you have Googled endometriosis, if doctors have told you about endometriosis and you don't think that you have the symptoms. Not everybody has all of the symptoms that are listed as usual symptoms. And some people have completely different symptoms as well. Um, Some people just have one or two. Some people have a whole tick list. Endometriosis may feel very, very different to you than it does to other people with endo. So don't get too hung up if you feel that um, you haven't got endo because there are different types of endo, which we'll go into. And like I say, it manifests very, very differently depending on pain thresholds, depending on levels of endometriosis, it can feel very different. Essentially, endometriosis is where um, tissue that is very, very similar to the inside of the womb grows outside of the womb. So every person with a uterus has a lining within that uterus that every month, um, if in a healthy cycle, every month, this tissue sort of plumps itself up, gets ready for implantation. If implantation doesn't occur, then the tissue is shed and it's shed in the form of menstrual bleeding. So that is your your monthly period. Um, When this tissue or tissue like the tissue that's found inside the uterus grows external to the uterus, it acts in the same way. So essentially it's plumping itself up um, at different parts of the cycle and then trying to shed. So that is essentially what endometriosis is. It's a bit more complicated than that, but that's essentially what endometriosis is. It's incredibly common. There are 10% of of women in the UK, so 1.5 million women in the UK are diagnosed with endo. It takes on average eight years for a diagnosis of endo. So there are hundreds of thousands of women living with endometriosis, but without a diagnosis. Some people don't have any symptoms at all as well. So you can have silent endometriosis, which means there there are a whole host of other women out there that have endo and have no idea they have endo. We also have misdiagnoses as well. So it's very common to be misdiagnosed with things like polycystic ovaries or IBS when actually you have endometriosis. So I don't think I'm going out on too much of a limb to say that that 1.5 million women with endometriosis is um, a massive under um, underestimation. So it's very common. Um, for such a common condition, there's not a great deal known about it. So this podcast, we're going to look very, very briefly at what it is and some of the symptoms around it. But we'll be talking more about certain symptoms or specific symptoms in later episodes as well. So essentially, this um, tissue, this this womb lining type tissue grows outside of the womb. Most commonly, it's found in the abdomen. So normally, it doesn't travel too far. It sits kind of within the area where the womb sits. So you can find it in the soft tissue, in the connective tissue that's down there that's connecting everything else. You can find endometrial deposits in there. You can find it attached to the bladder, attached to the bowel. Um, Sometimes it 
travels even further so you can have it I've had it on my hip and um, you can have it um, traveling up so diaphragmatic endometriosis is a thing you can get it within your diaphragm I've worked with people with it on their eyelids toenails it can grow anywhere um, western medicine can't really give us an answer as to why that is but um, I always think everything's connected so it's almost like if you if you think of your body as a landmass and your your blood circulation system and everything as rivers and subsidiaries then it can sort of travel in the same way that that we travel around the the tissue can travel around so it's not really a great surprise that if it can if it can grow one place it can grow many places so I don't think really there's any limit as to where this endometrial tissue grows and like I say it acts in a very similar way to how the lining inside the uterus reacts it plumps up it tries to shed which is what's causing a lot of the pain and the inflammation that we feel with endometriosis with endo we also get scarring so we don't just get the adhesions we get scarring um, if you think about when you cut your finger and the tissue starts to reconnect and it forms a scab. That's kind of the same, same thing that's happening in your abdomen with endometriosis. So just by moving, so quite often we feel the movements um, very acutely with acute pain when we're moving in, our, in and around our abdomen or wherever we have the endo. And that's because the tissue is, is in effect tearing apart like a scab on your finger when you bend your finger a little bit too far. That's essentially what's happening. In your tummy so you're kind of you've got this this mass that's sitting there quite happily kind of connecting tissue in the same way that a scab does and then you're in effect ripping that scab and that sounds pretty horrific and that's why you're getting the horrific pain because you're kind of opening that that scab up almost like creating a creating a wound in there the other thing that we get is um, cysts as well. So unlike normal cysts, everybody who ovulates will have cysts at some point, and that's perfectly natural, perfectly healthy. Essentially what can happen in a normal cycle, in a healthy cycle, is that the, the egg's produced, but essentially it's not released. And when the egg isn't released, the follicle turns into a cyst. And then normally after the next cycle, that cyst will just wither and die naturally um, and just be passed in the next, in the next um, bleed. So cysts aren't uncommon, cysts aren't unhealthy, um, but with endometriosis, the cysts that we get are slightly different because they are filled with this endometrial type tissue. So the tissue that's growing external to the womb fills the cysts. So you will hear of them referred to sometimes as chocolate cysts, and that's because they're brown in colour. Now, sorry to get too graphic if you're if you're eating or if you're just a little bit squeamish, but quite often um, one of the main symptoms with endometriosis is part of the menstrual bleed will be like a brownish chocolatey type colour. So that's the same stuff that's filling these cysts. So when you get endometriosis, you get these endometrial mass cysts, which are like a chocolate colour cyst, which is just basically uh, in inverted commas, normal cyst filled with the endometrial type tissue. They don't wither and die in the same way as a normal cyst, a simple cyst does. They kind of stick with us and they can even grow as well. So um, I've heard some cases of sort of six, seven centimetre wide, if not bigger. I've heard, well, I've heard of a lot bigger, but I've worked with, with cases of six, seven centimetre size cysts very, very commonly in the abdomen. And really the only way of getting that is to, uh, to getting rid of them is to drain them. Um, there are different techniques you can use, but again, that's for a different podcast. Um, but the most effective way is to is to get them drained. 
you might not need to if they're not causing any problems if you're not trying to get pregnant then they might not be too much of an issue you might be able to live with them some people have them and never even know they've got them but um, if they are causing issues if you want to get rid of them that's normally the best way um, but again I'm getting sidetracked so we have endometrial deposits. We had have adhesions and lesions of this endometriosis type deposit or endometriosis deposits in our abdomen, in our in our diaphragm, up in our shoulder, wherever in the body it's it's travelled to, and that is what causes the pain. And then we have cysts as well. Now there is different grading. There are different types of endometriosis depending where in the world you're listening to this podcast. The grading could be slightly different, so I'm not going to get too hung up on the grading. And to be honest, I don't actually agree with the grading system anyway, um, because it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't. You can be in the UK. You can be um, stage one endometriosis and have an incredible amount of pain and and other symptoms, and it can be so debilitating. You can have stage four endometriosis and not really have too much of a problem with it. So it doesn't really correlate to the severity of the endometriosis you have. It's kind of more of a, a medical way of looking at it. It looks at the at the at the medical side of it rather than the impact of the person, if that makes sense. So in the UK we grade our end and I think in America and Australia as well, we grade our endometriosis based on how deeply infiltrating it is. So you can have superficial and again that's kind of not the right word because even with this in quotes superficial endometriosis you can get a lot of debilitating symptoms but superficial endometriosis essentially means that it's kind of surface level it, it hasn't traveled too far deep into the body so it's it's maybe a few small lesions or bigger lesions but a few dotted around rather than creating major havoc in the body um, it means that there isn't that much scar tissue. So if you go back to the analogy about the scab, it's kind of like the, a fresh scab or a scab that's healed and there's possibly a little bit of residual stuff there, but there's nothing major going on. There's just a few dots around here and around the abdomen and it hasn't really travelled that far outside the abdomen either. And then on a sliding scale, we then, oh, and at, at the early stage, so at the, the at the first stage it's not even the first stage because it's not necessarily a progressive illness either so to say first and second kind of gives it an indication that if you start at number one it's going to progress which that isn't necessarily the case um but yeah that, that kind of light endometriosis light you don't really have a lot of cysts you might get a, an occasional cyst but you're not there's not too much of a of a a a, 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 of a, of a thing going on in your in your in your end in your um, body it's confined predominantly to the abdomen with a few light patches of endo and every now and again maybe an occasional cyst and that then goes right the way through to very very deeply filled deeply infiltrating endometriosis so this is where you've got so much endometriosis in your abdomen that it hasn't just attached to the bowel it hasn't just attached to the bladder but actually they they have kind of fused together so what's essentially happened is you've got all of this imagine if you'd kind of <laughs> this is a really bad analogy because I don't know anybody that this has ever happened to but imagine if you've cut your two fingers on on the um sort of the mirror side of each other they start to scab over and they scab over in a way that actually links the fingers together so the fingers can't move independently of each other the scar tissue has connected those two fingers together that's essentially what happens with deeply infiltrating endometriosis so you get all of the 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 tissue in effect becomes hardened it becomes like scab like scar tissues and it um it fuses 
all the organs together in your abdomen. That is really uncommon. It's not really uncommon, but it's the least common endometriosis. And that's, um, again, that's kind of what we'd refer to in the UK as stage four. There's a lot of cysts, there's a lot of, of, in Chinese medicine, that's what we'd call stagnation and toxicity. There's a lot of stuff going on in your abdomen. And that is as well where we find a lot of the endometriosis has traveled quite further, quite a lot further than just within the abdomen. So that's where you start to see more severe cases of the um, and of the endometriosis materializing in the abdomen and, and in different places, uh, sorry, in the diaphragm and in different places. So people very, very often refer to getting almost like asthmatic symptoms at certain times of the cycle or throughout the cycle. Um, so again, that's potentially diaphragmatic. So if you have a diagnosis of endometriosis and you do notice yourself getting a little bit breathless, that could be a sign that the endometriosis is, is, um, is sort of present in your diaphragm. And it's not necessarily anything to worry about. If you are worried about anything in this podcast or anything in any of the podcasts, do of course speak to your GP, to your specialist, or have a chat with someone like me who can maybe advise, but we'd always advise speaking to your um, your Western medicine professionals if you if you are concerned. So that's kind of an overview of endometriosis. Um, the symptoms that you get with endo, like I say, we'll delve into a lot more detail um, in future podcasts, but that kind of what endometriosis is. The things I'd say are not to worry if you have it. Um, there are a lot of scare stories on Google. Dr. Google is a scary person to consult with. Um, by all means, research endometriosis. By all means, um, read up about it, but try not to get too sucked into all the scare stories that you hear on the internet and on certain social media um, book, um, groups and, and pages and things. It's not necessarily as scary and as, as it may appear to be. And there are things that you can do to alleviate your symptoms, to, to really get to the, the cause of your endo and make your life a heck of a lot better. But again, we will be looking at those in future podcasts. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the myths. There are a lot of scary myths out there around endo. And that really um, doesn't help when you're diagnosed um, with endometriosis but that is essentially what endo is endo impacts on so many women exactly well not exactly the same but around the same number of women have diagnosis of endometriosis as they do diabetes um, so that's how common it is um, yet a lot of people have never heard of it so hopefully that gives you a bit of an insight into what it is if you have any more questions um, then please do get in touch and we will be looking at like I say the symptoms and some remedies and other myths and things around endo in future podcasts enjoy in the meantime stay safe stay happy stay cool thank you for listening to today's podcast if you liked what you heard, then please hit the subscribe button and make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can also leave a review too to help spread the word to managing endometriosis naturally to as many people as possible. That is my mission. And if this podcast has inspired you to take the next step to managing your own endometriosis successfully, then please head over to my website, naturalendometriosisexpert.com to see different ways of working with me to bring that dream of living without endometriosis one step closer. Or, for less than the price of a posh coffee a month, you can also become a patron to this podcast and get access to a load more endometriosis resources, as well as my monthly endometriosis clinic question and answer session. See you next time.